1: I don't want to use buzzwords to try to justify this or explain this, but all I can say is people felt like they had to be silent for the sake of my video, and that's not right and it's fucked up and I'm sorry.
0: Hi and welcome to ICYMI. In case you missed it.
1: Slate's new podcast about internet culture. I'm
0: Madison Malone kircher and I've been online since I was a preteen Neopets scammer.
1: Wow. I'm Rachel Hampton and I was raised by Tumblr. Sorry, mom. But uh, speaking of moms, we were both wondering if ours actually knew what ICYMI meant. Do you know what the acronym ICYMI stands for? ICYMI. hmm No, I have no idea. Are you going to tell me? <laughs> yeah. It means in case you missed it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. I thought it was something lewd. <laughs>
0: Rachel's mom? This is a wholesome podcast. You know, I also asked my mother what Icymi stands for. I-C-Y-M-I. In case you missed it. Well, there, mom. (laughs) All right, I got it. So did Rachel's mom get it?
1: Uh, She did not. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly love that yay.
0: Can't believe we have to have our moms on the podcast to fight now. That, however, is not what we have on tap today. Today, we're going to talk about two internet celebrities who are mired in controversy. We're going to talk about David Dobrik, a YouTuber with legions of fans, billions of views, and millions of dollars in his bank account from those views, who is currently facing serious and potentially criminal allegations. But first, we're going to talk about Kylie Jenner. Must we? Okay, not just Kylie Jenner, but what Kylie did this weekend is the latest in celebrity cringe and frankly, a perfect reminder of how online celebrity culture has changed since March 2020. It all started with this pretty famous makeup artist who had previously worked with Kylie Jenner. His name is Samuel Rouda. He was in an accident a little while ago and underwent surgery on March 14th. His family set up a GoFundMe to help cover the cost
1: of that surgery. Speaking of terrible internet trends, the the use of GoFundMe as the kind of workaround to the medical system is one of the more depressing trends.
0: So Kylie Jenner, the Kylie Jenner, contributes $5,000 to this GoFundMe and then posts a link to the GoFundMe to her followers on Instagram. All 220-some-odd
1: million of them. So you're telling me that Kylie Jenner, this... Fabulously wealthy, apparently youngest self-made billionaire, female billionaire, is asking her Instagram followers to chip in to cover this guy's medical bills instead of just paying them herself. That's what we're talking about.
0: Yes, I'm telling you exactly
1: that. Has she has she responded to any of this?
0: Uh, So she posted a note on her Instagram stories in which she says that Sam Rauta is no longer her makeup artist and that when she saw the GoFundMe, its initial goal was at $10,000. So she donated 5000 to help them hit the goal. The makeup artist family have reached out to her and that they were very appreciative of, of her $5,000 donation.
1: That's definitely better than the version that I saw kind of going by my feed Sunday night into this morning, but there's still just something deeply wrong about the fact that Jenner felt comfortable asking her followers to donate money in the middle of a pandemic where millions of people have lost their jobs.
0: Yeah, Kylie Jenner did not qualify for STEMI, is whats is what we're saying. This Kylie Jenner thing makes me think, we've just lived through a full year of celebrities acting in terribly embarrassing ways. Rachel, will you uh, take a journey back in time with me to uh, March 2020?
1: Oh, the site of all my trauma. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs>
0: We are hoarding toilet paper. We are making soup. We are sitting in small apartments in Brooklyn. Oh, God. Feeling very frightened. Why are we here? Well, because while we are doing that, the celebrities, the celebrities are singing John Lennon.
1: Imagine there is no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. I had blocked that video out. I had memory hold it. Why are you making me relive it?
0: That's that's a fair question, Rachel. But the thing we didn't quite realize at the time is that this video brought to us by Wonder Woman herself, uh, it was actually sort of a signal of a, a shift in the function of celebrity that we have seen over the past year. To give you a little context as you listen, the video starts with Gal Gadot Uh, the chief architect of this chaos, talking at her phone camera.
1: Hey, guys. Day six in uh, self-quarantine. And I gotta say that um, these past few days uh, got me feeling a bit philosophical. You know, this virus. And then, even more horrifying,
0: is just this compilation of various celebrities singing snippets of the song all stitched together.
1: You may
0: say that I'm a dreamer. Do you remember what the reaction was like?
1: Oh, yeah. In many ways, I think it was the first time I saw the way the pandemic could bring us together in absolutely flaming this video. And yet the celebs, they just kept at it. Nevertheless, they persisted. (laughs) Kim Kardashian still felt like she needed to post about the private island that she rented for her birthday and assured us in the caption that everyone was was tested. They quarantined and tested. She was like, the last year has been really hard for us and I just really wanted to be with my family for my birthday. And I was like, I mean, same Kim, not all of us have that option.
0: The Imagine video was very tone deaf and frankly, just stupid, I think is a a fair way to describe it. But then there was another compilation video that came out in June of 2020 um, after the murder of George Floyd. And as Black Lives Matter protests were picking up all over the country and the world that I think better encapsulates how useless and embarrassing celebrities, you know, rallying in this way can also be. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I take responsibility for every unchecked moment, for every time it was easier to ignore than to call it out for what it was.
1: Um, what? where did this come? Who did the, why, Madison? <laughs> so it's
0: a video from a group of white celebrities, Stanley Tucci, Kristen Bell, uh, Kesha. <laughs> Sort of all over the map, and they're all filmed dramatically in black and white, reading lines about how they're, quote-unquote, taking responsibility for their past failures in addressing systemic racism.
1: No one asked for this.
0: (laughs) I'm really sorry I ruined Stanley Tucci for you. You kind
1: of did. Like, I'm not even joking. (laughs) I'll never be able to look at him the same.
0: Celebrity has always been kind of indefensible, right? Like, this is not a new, a new concept, There was always a really stark contrast between the way I live my life with my crappy bathroom sink and Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian's like creepy, empty marble mausoleum bathroom. Her house is so creepy. In a year where practically
1: everything changed for so many of us,
0: it was so much more painful to see that the lives of celebrities didn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's this confessional nature to the pandemic internet that is very much, the internet has always been a place for oversharing, but- The thing that kind of strikes me about so much of like the celebrity culture of the moment of people posting right now is that you could easily live your life and do what you want and ignore every single COVID restriction and not post about it and no one would know. It's the fact that not only do you want to do it, but you want to get away with doing it publicly that really just sits in this very weird intersection of the internet for me where you're like, the negative, like the negative response outweighs whatever serotonin you get from posting.
0: And obviously this wasn't every celebrity. I feel I was trying to think, who do you think is the best, the like the the celebrity who's coming out of the pandemic position the best?
1: Gabrielle Union. Okay. If you see, if you watch her TikTok, it's just her and Dwayne Wade and their children. And it's their house is huge. Like you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, you're rich. But I don't feel as strongly about it as I feel hearing about Ellen DeGeneres' $53 million house because they're just sitting, like, she's like, I'm sitting in the house bored. But she's not, like, doing it in a way where it's like, poor me. She's bored at home. She's aging
0: backwards and affirming her queer kid. I could not love that family
1: more. So, essentially, if you're not Gabrielle Union, I don't want to hear from you. What I think you're saying is,
0: imagine a celebrity minding their own business.
1: So coming up, we're gonna talk about that other internet celebrity we mentioned who does not manage to mind his own business. David Dobrik, the so-called Jimmy Fallon of Gen Z, who is now rapidly losing money and subscribers after being connected to rape allegations involving a fellow YouTuber.
0: Rachel, I was actually watching some of David Dobrik's videos and oh. one of his one of his most popular videos is actually him driving around with Kylie Jenner.
1: <laughs> and today we're going to find out what people think of Kylie Jenner. We're on our way to the mall. <laughs> Kylie forgot her purse and her wallet at home. <laughs> my purse and my So once, so once we, again, she wants us to pay for her. it. Always. Oh, I saw you own 27 cars. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a problem. We've absolutely already talked enough about Kylie Jenner. The reason we're talking about David Dobrik is because he's in big trouble. Last week, a report came out that ties Dobrik to rape allegations made against his friend and fellow YouTuber. Rachel, can you explain to us who David Dobrik is?
1: He is a Viner turned YouTuber who, as we said before the break, was once called the Jimmy Fallon of Gen Z by the arbiter of youth culture, The Wall Street Journal.
0: He's young, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. He's 24. He's been around in this space for about eight years, so since he was a teen. But he's best known for his daily vlogs, which are all exactly four minutes and 20 seconds long. Nice! (laughs) I hate myself. So his videos are a kind of hybrid of semi-scripted comedy and stunts like surprising people with Kylie Jenner or Justin Bieber. Wow, I never want to get into
0: either of those vehicles.
1: So he's the kind of guy where you'll find no shortage of videos of him giving away Apple products or Xboxes or PS4s or literally just thousands of dollars in cash or luxury cars. Dobrik is this kind of very, like, average-looking white guy who has what I describe as the 2010 emo swoosh hair. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it sounds like he's sort of antithetical to your your Logan Paul types online. I would say that's accurate, or at least it accurately captures how he markets himself. He's definitely built a reputation of being a quote-unquote nice guy. He has millions of subscribers, tens of millions of subscribers. He commands millions of dollars. There's a lot of millions in this conversation. I I have a question.
0: Mm -hmm. How does he fund his pseudo Oprah's Favorite Things car giveaways?
1: Most of them are actually underwritten by sponsors like the video game company EA Sports, who funded the electronic giveaway, or Seageek, who provided the Teslas and the Mercedes that he handed out. But Dobrik has actually described his relationship with SeatGeek as kind of like a sugar daddy, kind of like a collaborator, kind of like a character in his videos. Okay, we got to get us one of those for the podcast. I mean, maybe not because the company now says they have no plans to work with him again in the future. Can you explain
0: why that is?
1: Yeah, so before we get into this, I just want to say that we're going to be talking about sexual assault. Um, There's some graphic descriptions in here. So just, if you want to shut off here, totally fine. David Dobrik is the founder of this thing called The Vlog Squad, which is just a shit ton of content creators in Dobrik's orbit that have over the years filmed videos together. Basically, an anonymous woman who's been going by the name Hannah has come forward and accused a man who goes by the name of Dirty Dom of raping her while she was intoxicated when she appeared as an extra in a Vlog Squad video on Dobrik's channel in 2018. Hannah spoke with a reporter, Kat Barge at Insider, who laid out the story in excruciating detail. So what happened in the video? The plot of the video is that Dirty Dom is going to have his very first threesome. What actually occurred was a threesome involving Hannah and another woman who's Hannah's friends, who is referred to in the insider piece as Audrey. And during the course of the threesome, Hannah says she was too intoxicated to consent. I'm gonna read a quote from Audrey, Hannah's friend. She says, "'I remember you were just starting to close your eyes "'and just were obviously drunk, "'and so I finished him, him being Dom, off, "'just to get him away from you.'" At the end of the video, Dobrik actually makes a joke about him and the rest of the vlog squad going to jail. Oof. am just had a threesome, and I think we're all going to jail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think
1: we're all going to jail. All right. Oh, That's God, it. Man. See you in 20 years. <laughs> That's really grim. Yeah, it's extremely hard to listen to.
0: So, just to be clear, Dobrik wasn't one of the, the people—he wasn't one of the three in the threesome.
1: No, he's outside the room, but according to another friend of Hannah's, he was one of several Vlog Squad members who attempted to peek into the room to see what was happening.
0: Is the the original threesome video still online? Like, can you go and watch it on YouTube?
1: It was actually removed from Dobrik's channel in February 2019 after Hannah asked Dom to take it down. But by then it had already been viewed about five million times. And keep in mind, there's an entire genre of videos on YouTube where people just sit and react to other people's videos. So in that way, it remains on YouTube and very easily accessible.
0: This isn't the first time the Vlog Squad and David Dobrik and Dirty Dom have been criticized for, I mean, let's call it bad behavior, which is, God, what a lame catch-all for things ranging from David Dobrik has, there's a video of him mocking a Japanese accent. Uh, Earlier this year, another former Vlog Squad member, Joseph Francois, goes by Seth and is black, said he was often used as a racist punchline in, in Vlog Squad videos. He also told BuzzFeed that he was allegedly sexually assaulted by another Vlog Squad member, Jason Nash, who Dobrik Dobrik tricked Seth into kissing Nash while Nash was wearing a disguise. Nash didn't respond to BuzzFeed's request for comment.
1: So since the Insider article, another woman on TikTok has come forward with an allegation that is very similar to Hannah's, where she says that Dobrik was, quote, kind of provoking the situation. The situation, of course, being Dom being an absolute piece of shit.
0: In no way am I coming for David Dobrik. He was actually really nice until we kind of realized that, like, he was provoking the situation. Um, Yeah, they definitely gave us a lot of alcohol. Obviously, we were minors at the time. And we just thought it was cool to be able to hang out with them. Yeah, then he was like, do you guys want to be in the vlog? And of course, we're like, fuck yeah. And he was like, "Okay, you're going to have to kiss Dirty Dom, both of you.
1: And... As Hannah and her friends were, this woman says that she and her friend were also 19 at the time. In a later TikTok, she describes what happened after the kiss. And again, it sounds incredibly similar to Hannah.
0: Like later in the night, he was like peer pressuring me and my friend. Undisclosed name. I tagged her, but whatever. I'm going to keep it 100 and low key. But he tried to get us to do a threesome, and I was like, so drunk. You know when you're drunk and you're like, oh yeah, okay. I got so uncomfortable, I opted out. It's, I mean, this is obviously all disgusting and terrible, but it unfortunately to me also sounds like business as usual. It's, it's what I think of when I think about terrible YouTubers doing terrible things.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's this kind of ecosystem of YouTubers who are generally young men who have an audience of overwhelmingly young women. And it ends up giving off this vibe of basically putting a camera in a frat house. Things are changing
0: for David Dobrik very rapidly as a result of this insider story. What sorts of ramifications is he facing right now?
1: At this point, his sponsors, so many of his sponsors have just fully stepped away from him. SeatGeek, EA Sports, Dollar Shave Club has ended his partnership with Dobrik and the Vlog Squad as well as DoorDash and HelloFresh. (laughs) Okay, so every
0: company that has ever paid for a podcast ad will not be working with David Dobrik anymore? Pretty much. Has David Dobrik said anything publicly about this insider
1: report? So in the mold of most YouTuber apologies... I'm bracing. I'm bracing my whole body. (laughs) Yeah, his first apology, let's just be frank, absolutely sucked. He released it the same day that the insider report came out. And in this video, he talks about how much he values consent and he apologizes to Seth and disavows people that he's previously collaborated with. But importantly, he does not mention Dom by name.
0: I saw people tweeting that he turned off the comments on the video.
1: Yes, he did. But clearly he heard the criticism or his comms person did because a few days later he uploads a second video in which he's crying. I just want to, I want to be able to do this and just shoot straight into the camera and just talk to you guys. Uh, I've put myself in a lot of situations where I've needed to apologize for my past actions, and I've never done this correctly, and I've never done this respectfully, and my last video is a testament to that. I I, I don't want to defend that video. I don't want to delete that video. I just want to be clear. Another thing that's interesting about that clip is the kind of phrasing of I've put myself... In situations versus I've created situations, which is still this kind of wishy-washy, not quite acknowledging just how much power he's had. Right. The idea that he just waltzed into the, mm-hmm. the events
0: that unfolded with Hannah and wasn't uh, the architect of them is yes. not reckoned with in this apology, I would say.
1: Oh, 100 percent.
0: Has Dom said anything since the report came out?
1: So outlets, including the Los Angeles Times and Insider, have reached out to him. But as of this recording, he's mostly declined to comment.
0: It's funny. We were actually talking about David Dobrik fairly recently. I was trying to convince you to try out that that app of his, Dispo, which it, it, it it's a camera app that lets you take photos, but it doesn't develop them for 24 hours. It's sort of like an
1: old disposable camera. Dobrik is actually stepping away from Dispo after two VC funds who had invested in the app basically severed all ties with him and promised to donate any profit they made from the app to um, organizations for sexual assault survivors. Canceling the deals
0: is also these companies acknowledging that by funding David Dobrik, they were endorsing the content he was making and that, you know, the image he crafted, the one they thought they were buying of this, this harmless, nice guy, his content wasn't actually harmless. People have literally come forward and said that they were harmed. And that harm is now on all of these companies too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you feel similarly, but to me, it seems like there's been this sea change in the way brands and companies are interacting with influencers and digital content creators where they are finally, very slowly, coming to the realization that supporting these people is not and never has been a value neutral statement. Right. Retweets are endorsements. They are, they are. endorsements. <laughs> More than retweets, putting your money into something is an endorsement. Brands have realized this. Who hasn't are the actual platforms. YouTube has not deplatformed Dobrik. It's entirely unclear if they will or if they should. I'm not even saying, I'm not even advocating for that. But YouTube doesn't seem to deplatform anybody. That's a feature and not a bug. Okay, so that's a wrap on our first episode. Please, please, please subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Our next one drops in your feed on Saturday. But in the meantime, if you've got a rabbit hole you want us to go down, a TikTok challenge that makes no sense. Or you just want to know why everyone is talking about cinnamon toast shrimp. Send us a note at icyymi at slate.com. Or find us on Twitter. Just use the hashtag pod. And you can tell your mom it's not a lewd podcast. At least not yet. Okay, I thought she was going <laughs> to tell me with something, you know, like X-rated or something. <laughs>
0: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor, and Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio.
1: Before we go, I would like to give one last very special thanks to my mom and mine too. Love you, mom. See you online or
0: not.